Back up the Brinks truck, Connor Hellebuck and Mark Shifley got paid by the Winnipeg Jets, and they are, it turns out, sticking around. We'll discuss that as well as some big questions for Chicago and the Anaheim Ducks on today's Western Conference Tuesday edition of Locked On NHL. We are your team every day. You're Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yes, indeed. Welcome into a Western Conference Tuesday edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. Your team every day. Thank you, as always, for making Locked On NHL your first listen each and every day. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube with the season starting this week. So you don't miss out on any big news before the start of the season. And uh, with games going on, there will be a ton of news going on here over the next few months. So make sure you don't miss out. On today's episode, we discuss Connor Halbuck and Mark Shifley's new deals with Winnipeg. What's What it means for them this year, what it means for them going forward. We'll also discuss the Chicago Blackhawks and the Anaheim Ducks with their big questions ahead of opening night. Plenty more to discuss on today's episode as well. My name is Seth Topal, your host of Locked on Wild, and joins today by Nick Morgan of Locked on Predators, my Tuesday co-host. And uh, Nick, I I'm I am floored uh, to start because we have talked at length all offseason. I think a lot of people associated with the Winnipeg Jets from the media standpoint all season about how it just seems like this chapter's coming to an end mm-hmm. and that you're either going to see two franchise icons get traded at the deadline or they're going to leave in the offseason. Yeah, no, they are. Uh, they're sticking around because now it's Connor Hella Bank yeah. as he signs a massive deal. Mark Shifley signs one to match. Um, is shocked a inappropriate word to discuss your reaction to seeing both of these deals get done? Well, first off, how long were you waiting to use that Connor Hella bank line all day? Literally like, all day. Feel like you just had that one in your back pocket ready to go. <laughs> um, I, I'm I, I don't know if I would say I'm shocked. Um, I would say like kind of middle of the road surprised Uh, because at the end of the day, you know, these are two franchise icons. These are players, you know, the Jets wanted to keep. Um, And I would assume the only way they would leave town is if they went to Jets management and said, we don't want to be here anymore. I know Hellebuck did that uh, reportedly earlier in the off season, but came back a a few weeks later and rescinded that trade request. Um, So, I mean, this, this screams to me as the Winnipeg Jets still not really sure what the future holds for them, but they know they have kind of two backbones to build around, um, or at the very least two guys that can kind of help shepherd in uh, that new 
generation of Jets talent. You know, you think of kind of what Anze Kopitar did to the LA Kings, you know, stuck around. Um, and it's, it's kind of been that main consistent piece throughout both eras, both, you know, their Stanley Cup winning era and sort of this new era of the LA Kings. You know, you think of uh, the Predators re-signing Roman Yossi and Philip Forsberg in recent years, uh, building blocks as they sort of trade away some of their other key players and bring some younger players in. So this seems like that kind of move where Winnipeg is like, look, we have no idea what the future is going to hold. We may rebuild this thing in a couple of years. All we know is we need some stability and it's going to start with, you know, arguably one of the best goalies in the West uh, in the back end. And, you know, a, a guy in Mark Shifley who has always been a quietly consistent player. Yeah. And it's, it's one thing to be facing this dilemma with guys that are kind of on the, on the fringe, you know, where, Maybe it's not like a top five goalie in the league, but somebody who's like between 15 and 20. And you're like, boy, do we re-sign them or do we hope that we can find something else to uh, to fill that spot? No, this is Connor Hellebuck is one of the premier goalies in the NHL. And as you alluded to, Mark Shifley is, is a very underrated, which is crazy to say because he's in his 30s, very underrated center in his own right. And this is Winnipeg kind of looking ahead a little bit. Maybe they uh, had a tarot card reading or something along those lines and just went with kind of the grass is an always greener approach. Uh, they could opt for the full tear down, but do you really want to stomach what we've seen from the likes of Anaheim, San Jose, some of those other teams that have been at this for, a long time and now you can just kind of cultivate the rest of the roster sprinkle in some moves here and there uh, around those two but it's very clear that winnipeg wanted to keep these guys around uh to be part of whatever um whatever the heck this looks like this year and beyond yeah and it's it's interesting because the winnipeg jets sort of feel like they're that team um, who, who we don't really know what they're going to be this season uh, because, you know, they they don't scream like they have a lot of talent or at least a lot of depth uh, up front. But it's one of those things where because Connor Hellebuck's in that, you can never quite count them out. Um, so, you know, you and I talked when we were doing the Winnipeg Jets preview. You know, it's kind of seemed like this year may kind of shift the scales into what the Jets do long-term. Um, a little surprised if you're Connor Hellebuck, if anything, that maybe you don't wait to, or, you know, maybe, you know, you just kind of wait and see at least halfway through the season to kind of see where this team is, because if not, got a chance to get paid, you know, in, in free agency next year. Um, but, you know, for, from Hellebuck and Shifley's standpoint, a, a seven-year contract, is hard to turn down, um, especially when, you know, both guys are going to be, you know, 37, 38 when these deals expire. Um, so, you know, and, and if they're comfortable in Winnipeg, then this, this is kind of, you know, two good players to keep around. Yeah. And it'll be that, that'll be their last big payday. Now it's not to say that they'll be done playing at that point, but this is the last opportunity to cash in. And so, it feels like a situation where team and player were able to kind of get to where they both wanted for this to happen. But 
I, I think the big team that is going to look at this and be frustrated is, again, the LA Kings. We mm-hmm. talked about them as somebody who may need to take a peek at the goalie situation as the season unfolds. And now this is one huge piece of that puzzle that is off the table mm-hmm. unless you're able to take on and, and Winnipeg's not going to trade these guys right after signing them. So they're off the table. And so for the Los Angeles Kings now, you kind of have to look and say, all right, if our goalie situation doesn't work out the way that we were hoping to, where do we go? Yeah, I'm, yeah, I mean, that's, there's other goalies out there, but I feel like that was kind of the big one they were swinging at. Uh, I mean, who knows? Maybe they they turn much, much further south and, and look at Nashville to see where UC Saros uh, lands at the moment. But that's that's a different topic for another day. That's a spicy, spicy potential tease for later on this season. But right. uh, let's hope not from my perspective. <laughs> Good for Connor Hellebank and Mark Shifley. Hellebuck. Sorry, I did it again. Uh, good for those guys getting what they were looking for, getting what they deserve. They're both great players. And uh, now it is going to be fascinating to see how Winnipeg responds and how they play this season um, with those deals looming on the horizon. So from there, we go to two teams that we referenced earlier is still in the process of trying to figure out what they look like and where they go. And so uh, we'll talk about a team in particular in the Chicago Blackhawks who is hoping that they found their next new star. We'll talk about the Chicago Blackhawks after this on today's episode of Locked On NHL. Folks, it's playoff baseball time and the NHL season is right around the corner. And if you are like me, you probably decide the day of maybe even a couple of hours before the game starts, that you want to go see your NHL team do battle with their biggest rival or see your favorite baseball team advance through the postseason. Tickets used to be a nightmare trying to pick up tickets on the same day of the event. You don't know how much they're going to cost. And worse, you get the tickets and then you show up at the spot and you have a pillar right in front of you. It's awful. Well, Game Time is here to change the equation. Game Time helps you find last-minute ticket deals with their flash and zone deals throughout the course of the week. It is so easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-H-L for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Welcome back to the Locked On NHL podcast, the Western Conference Tuesday edition of Locked On NHL. Seth Topol joined by Nick Morgan. All right, Nick, let's go Chicago first. Final two teams, we've gotten all the way down to the bottom of the standings. Mm -hmm. And honestly, this one's pretty easy for me because a lot of the success for Chicago this year and beyond stems on Connor Bedard. 
is he the one? And from what we've seen this preseason, it's a resounding yes. He's looked great. He has looked like the NHL experience is not too fast for him or too much. Uh, and so it looks like Chicago is going to be set with another franchise-level player. Um, and so I think I think one of the biggest questions then after Bedard is how does the rest of the team do this season? Yeah, and they really put an emphasis on trying to get the right people around Bedard in terms of you know veteran leadership, uh, Taylor Hall uh, on the first line. It also looks like Tyler Johnson uh, from Tampa Bay uh, on that first line as well. So you know, two veteran, experienced guys. One former Cup winner, one former uh, Hart Trophy winner. You know, and, and you know, you mentioned you know Nick Foligno and Corey Perry coming in to sort of the bottom six. Uh, of that lineup, providing some stability there and some good locker room leadership. So it just kind of feels like, you know, the Chicago Blackhawks goal this season is let's just kind of ease Bedard in. Let's put some people here where Bedard's not going to be like the guy. He's not going to have to be, you know, the the main guy who's answering questions after every post-game interview or things go wrong for the Chicago Blackhawks. There's 50 cameras in his face after every game. You got some veterans on that team that are going to will in to step in and kind of handle that part of it. And I know a lot of people are going to say, Connor Bedard's done all these interviews leading up to the draft. You know, there's been media following him since he was 15, 16 years old. Shouldn't be a big difference. You know, it's different from, you know, when you're, you know, sort of the next big thing. And there's all these, I don't want to say fluff pieces, but all these, you know, stories calling you once in generational talent and stuff like that. That's different than the media putting your game under the microscope, you know, if you're struggling or if the team is losing. And so those are kind of the little things that Connor Bedard, I, I think, still has to get acclimated to. Uh, in the NHL, and he's going to have some good leadership in the locker room that can kind of show him how to do it by example. Um, and that's that to me is going to be the big thing for the Chicago Blackhawks this year is just getting Bedard kind of used to life in the NHL because the, the talent part is there. He's shown already in preseason he can play. The skills yeah. are going to be there. I think it's just going to be you know, sort of the day-to-day routine, 82-game schedule. That's the kind of thing that I think Bedard's really going to have to learn uh, this season. And I think that, you know, the Blackhawks brought the right people in uh, to help them do that. Yeah, they brought the uh, they brought the wrecking crew, Nick Felino and uh, Corey Perry, too, because I'm sure there are going to be a couple of instances in which Players on other teams try to do the welcome to the league type uh, friendly hug, hug in quotes. And so they've they've done well, as you said, to uh, to make sure that he's got some, you know, some skill around him, but also some uh, some beef in the lineup as well. So it's it's just going to be really interesting to see how this team plays, because you and I have talked about it before. It seems like Chicago believes that they've got the right coach and the right GM in place. And so now it's all about just stacking those building blocks together 
and uh, just really putting one foot forward in front of the other to avoid situations where, you know, you have a major step back or you maybe delay your process by a year or two because some prospects don't pan out. And so there's, there's really no pressure on Chicago this year from a wins perspective, but there is a lot of pressure just to make sure that, uh, that they start and continue to uh, move things in the right direction. Yeah, and I think the key is also just going to be, you know, what is Bedard's expectations for this year? A lot of people are like, is he going to hit 90 points? Is he going to hit 100 points? That's, you know, that's a big matzo ball for, you know, a rookie in the NHL. I mean, remember, Crosby didn't have that many his first year. And uh, Austin Matthews struggled a little bit his first year. So I think we need to keep in mind that this is still an 18, 19-year-old kid who's going to try to figure out his game he, you know, I think there's no doubt he can be that once in a generation player that all of us have thought about. I think it's just safe for us to kind of keep our expectations uh, in check. And I think that will take a lot of pressure off of him. Uh, the other big thing for me, for, for in terms of the Blackhawks, you know, maybe that's going to keep them from making a run this morning is just in goal. You know, they have absolutely no goaltending situation. No yeah. disrespect to Peter Morasic, but um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's just, unless he goes on, you know, sort of that out of nowhere, Aiden Hill run, uh, you know, there, there's going to be some games in which, you know, the Blackhawks are going to lose five to four, or, you know, find themselves in weird six to five games. So uh, yeah, I, I don't exactly see the Blackhawks making that big old surprise run or anything like that this year. Um, just to kind of circle back quickly, when you think of like a Calder Trophy winner, um, a, a just a rookie with a, a solid season, we're talking about typically somewhere between 15 and 20 goals and around like 50 points, right? Like somewhere for somebody that plays the entire season and really takes flight like that's that's the kind of stat line you think of I think and so if Bedard can do something similar to that gotta feel like a win in his rookie year and as you mentioned still 18 yeah but and but that's the other thing you kind of have to keep in mind too a lot of these people winning called trophies like you know Matty Beneers had 57 points last year uh but he's 20 years old when that right? happened like he's had some development post his draft year so that's that's the other thing is these people are coming in, um, you know, with with a little bit more, I guess, you know, sort of experience, uh, if that's the right word. I mean, even Carl Kaprizov won the Calder Trophy with just 51 points. Next right. year he had 108. But, you know, <laughs> that kind of gives you, you know, a think. And it's like, look, you know, this it's their first year in the NHL. If he winds up doing 90 to 100 points – that's one of the best rookie seasons ever in the history right. of the league. Um, not even Crosby was, was able to do that. So I just think like, you know, in terms of expectations, you know, like even 50 to 60 points would be a great first step uh, for Connor Bedard. And I really hope that Blackhawk fans kind of keep that in mind uh, when they maybe judge how this season went for him. Yeah. Rome wasn't built in a day. Give yeah. it, uh, give it time. There will be there will be hiccups as the season goes on, and it's important to just remember that you're talking about an extremely young player 
that is going to be, you know, getting up to leading this team at some point over the next few years. So just let things, let things play out, let it unfold and good things will happen. Mm-hmm. So, well, that's at least the case for Chicago. Now for our final team, it's a young nucleus for the Anaheim Ducks. Are they yet, uh, are they still kind of finding their way through? Or is this the season in which we finally see the Ducklings take flight? We will discuss that as we finish today's episode of Lockdown NHL after this. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, you can snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Again, just $5 and you get $200 in bonus bets win or lose. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, There's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props. How many passing yards is Kirk Cousins going to get this next game? Or rushing yards is Derrick Henry going to get? Over-unders and much, much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. One final segment here on today's episode of Locked on NHL. Once again, thank you for making Locked on NHL your first listen each and every day. Seth Topol and Nick Morgan talking now about the Anaheim Ducks. The Ducks, fewest points in the Western Conference this past season. Uh, Defense was an adventure, to say the least. I think they gave up, I don't know the exact stat, but I want to say they gave up the most shots um in nhl history something along those lines um so it wasn't great but it's it's a young nucleus trevor's egress locked up for three years you've got troy terry uh you've got mason mctavish they've got some good young players and so i guess my big question for the ducks this season is they've they've got a new coach and so is this the year that they finally start to take flight or are we just in for another season similar to what we saw last year? Uh, I mean, I don't think they're going to be as bad as last year or at least not the same level of atrociousness, uh, you know, where they're getting out shot, like, you know, 45 to 20 every single game. Um, you know, I, I do kind of see the, the Ducks taking at least a small step forward this year. I'm not saying they're going to compete for a playoff spot or anything. I just think they may be happy with sucking a little bit less uh, than they did last year. Um, you know, and, and it's going to be interesting for the Ducks this year because they have so many young people uh, coming into the lineup, uh, Leo Carlson uh, appears to be on the Ducks' opening night roster, as does Pavel Mitiukov, as does Tristan Leno, uh, a couple of big, you know, up-and-coming prospects. Um, you know, you're also going to have another year of Jamie Drysdale coming up. Mason McTavish is going to get another year better. And as you mentioned, you know, Zegris and Troy Terry kind of leading that charge up front. 
So, you know, if you're the Ducks and if you're a Ducks fan, you know, even if you're, you know, finishing the bottom five, six in the league again, if you can look at those players that I mentioned, those young players and say, okay, we saw them take another significant step forward this year or showed signs of just being, you know, well above on the right track in their development, I think you would be happy uh, with this season. Another question that I have, because he just he did not deserve what uh, what was thrown out in front of him, is what do we see from John Gibson this year? Because he faced just a ton of shots, a ton of pressure, relentless, one might say. And so with the fact that this is, again, going to be a very young team, what do we see from Gibson uh, as this season unfolds? Does he kind of rise above some of that? Or is he held down by just the lack of defense and the lack of puck handling going on on the ice in front of him? Yeah, it's funny. Every time the camera zoomed in to John Gibson uh, last year, I pictured uh, Simon Garfunkel. <laughs> Hello, darkness, my old friend. Just playing like in his inner monologue. Um, I mean, it, it's interesting because his stats have slowly gone downhill uh, every year since, you know, 2020, which is when the Ducks kind of started this rebuilding direction. Um, but is that because John Gibson is washed uh, or is that because John Gibson went from, you know, having to face, you know, 26, 27 shots a game to 45, 46 per game? Uh, that's going to be the interesting question. If I'm the Anaheim Ducks, I kind of want to see, you know, better, at least team defense in front of Gibson to really give an idea of, okay, what do we still have in him? Because it may be a case set of, hey, the Ducks, you know, reduce the shot load by 10 shots per game. And all of a sudden, John Gibson is like a 9-10 save percentage guy yet again. Uh, that would do wonders, I think, for the Anaheim Ducks. But I, it's it's interesting because, you know, Gibson going downhill, at least his stats going downhill, is that because the team in front of him just absolutely sucks? Or is, you know, this a little bit of regression? I don't think we have enough to know that just yet. Yeah, it, you could make a compelling case. If you're if you're trying this in court, like you are the the state of California against John Gibson, or I guess a better example would be like an arbitration hearing where you're presenting the numbers. It's hard to tell because they just not, not really any team defense last year at all. And your forward groups just are not built to possess the puck for lengthy amounts of time. That's not all his faults. And so it's going to be real interesting to see. And the other part of this, I think that's interesting too, is, you know, they, they have a young goalie prospect um, in uh, Dostal, I think his name is mm -hmm. who you would figure will start to get some time. Do they at some point say, Hey, we want to go with this guy going forward. And then you have to enter the, do we trade him? Do we keep him as a backup? Muddy Waters could potentially be on the horizon for John Gibson and the um, 
the Anaheim Ducks. I remember tweeting out a couple of times during the course of last season, someone please save this man. He deserves better than just to be thrown to the wolves every night. And so that's kind of another storyline to watch as the season unfolds too. Well, also to kind of throw a, you know, damper into that entire thing too. Remember there was kind of whispers that John Gibson wanted to trade uh, earlier this offseason. He he reportedly denied it, but you know, there there has been some trade talk around John Gibson, so we'll see if that becomes a thing later this year. Storylines abound for the Anaheim Ducks and for every team throughout the Western Conference. We hope you've enjoyed the big questions as we gear up for the NHL season, which begins for all teams this week. Some teams tonight, but um, everybody has action throughout the course of the week. So make sure that you stay tuned to Lockdown NHL as the season unfolds. We will keep you covered each and every day of the week with our wonderful array of locked on hosts that uh, join throughout the course of the week. Make sure you subscribe. If you have not already, we've got new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the locked on podcast network.